am pleased to welcome back to the podcast my guest today. We were both first-time mayors for our respective townships. For the two of us, it was our first run at elected office. And for the two of us, though achieved through different paths, we're also members of the one-term mayor's club. We became good friends during our time together on regional council at the Grand River Conservation Authority and through our regular meetings of the Township Mayor's Caucus, which continued on after pre-COVID. During his term as mayor, he demonstrated himself to be a very activist mayor, very involved in the community, and in dealing with a large number of issues. When he was last here, we talked casinos, and today I look forward to our discussion about gravel pits. He's an old gray mayor, my friend, Todd Callan. Thanks, Rob. Todd, welcome back. Thank you very much. So, um, so uh, give us an update on uh, what you've been doing since we were last together. Uh, I know you've got the paper going on. What's happening? Yeah, I'm still old and I'm still gray. Uh, so I started the uh, Waterloo Region Rural Post uh, a couple of years ago, but now we're kind of full out. We stopped uh, COVID time, but we're, we, uh, we started publishing again in August. And we basically, the whole idea behind it is just to bring together the rural communities, uh, Woolwich, Wellesley, Wilmot, North Dumfries uh, as a whole. And it's, I think once COVID passes, it'll be even more fun because, you know, as you know, uh, uh, Air has a new hockey team. <laughs> That's right. so they're now going to be head to head with Elmira. So I think, you know, and I think it's good to have something that kind of brings us all together in a positive way. So, yeah. and it's been, uh, you know, it's been, it's not been easy, of course. But uh, you know we're 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 getting through and well yeah I mean local papers local news uh, first of all it's it's tough just to maintain if you're running that industry right. as you well know now and and I can appreciate yep. as, a, as a businessman running my law practice I can understand you know the finances and everything else that has to go into running a business and I can imagine you know with advertising revenues uh, being hit generally uh, you're not a subscription newspapers no. you're, you're not getting fees that way that it can be difficult so i guess it's in one sense it's good that the federal government and i don't know if it's a benefit at all to you but they've shown some support for uh local papers right right they have some we haven't taken advantage of it we didn't really want to most of it was more of a, a loan type stuff and we thought you know we're gonna yeah. we're you know we're we don't want to take any any debt on or any more debt, I should say. So, sure. but yeah, we uh, we have a readership of over seventy thousand now, uh, yeah. four townships, and then we go little into Wellington and up into Perth. So, and yeah. we try to keep it positive and informative, and I think that's the big thing. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, so, you and I will probably have similar experiences because you know during your time, and, and actually, we'll just touch on this for a second before we get into the gravel stuff. But uh, since we talked, we're talking about local papers. So mm -hmm. during our time as mayor, we certainly would have had interactions with our local papers. Yours would have been the, uh, the Woolwich Observer, mine, yep. uh, the Air News. And um, even though sometimes uh, I'm sure the perception was that uh, there was headbutting there, I, I mean, I do appreciate the inquisitiveness uh, that they uh, demonstrated when mm -hmm. they were looking into issues. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it was a great forum and uh to get your message out to uh you know your local constituents right right oh most definitely and i think when you look at the the newspaper industry even like in the in the in the region of waterloo 
Um, the dailies, it's tough with the Ruddley record because you've got Facebook and you've got Instagram and you've got Twitter and you've got all these other news things competing where, um, you know, somebody told me a, a while ago when we started the paper, just keep it, keep it local. Um, you know, it's a local paper and I just find paper like a local community paper, be it in air or in, in New Hamburg or wherever, it really brings the community together because we highlight uh, especially the, our paper, we're highlighting, you know, business people or, or citizens and here's what they're doing over here and, yeah. you know, just trying to give them some press and bring it together. So, well, and I saw Wilmot just had a new local paper. Yeah. Up. The, uh, Wilmot post, post yeah, yeah. yeah, out of, uh, Tavistock. Is and, the um, independence still going or did something happen? There? No, it's, it's still kind of chugging along too. And that's a Metro land paper. So, yeah, so little, Oh, okay. So, so the local news might, not gain uh, have the stature or priority <laughs> that one would hope in right. a local paper well and that's it too ace uh, it's 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 kind of tough these days and uh but you know we're trying to focus on all of the townships and kind of mm -hmm. you know, especially now comes that time of the year when we all got excited about tax time <laughs> when we go through the budgeting so we're hoping you know that we'll have a good uh lively debate in a sense but we can then we can compare you know, because you used to tow to how, you know, North Dumfries had the lowest taxes in the region, and I think they still do. I said that uh, was a problem. I wasn't. I, I know. That's raising. I, I had the highest tax increases. <laughs> right. <laughs> to get it back up. It was way too low. Uh, I know it was. <laughs> but, you know, when you look at the record gives a little bit of press for when it comes budget season. Uh, but we want to kind of highlight it a little bit more and kind of look at it uh, okay. and from Woolwich to Wellesley, Wilmot. And yeah, you're going to go. You're going to go more in depth on yep. local issues. That's right. your plan. And compare because that's the thing. If you just have, say, the Air News covers uh, North Dumfries, they just look at Air, you know, North Dumfries, where we're yeah. going to look at all four townships. Yeah. Um, and services and stuff like that. Not to. Yeah. You know, just so people get a better handle on what, what they're getting. Yeah, well, you know, in our two-tier structure, we yeah. talk about um, how important it is to maintain. You and I appreciate the two-tier. Yeah. Alex may not as much. But, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but having these local papers helps maintain that uh, voice, that character right. that we say is best uh, able to be preserved by yeah. having our local... Townships and it's worth the price. I mean, people always say, well, it's 56 politicians or whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Politicians, especially counselors, you know, <laughs> these are part-time counselors making 25 to $30,000 a year. That's not right, the right. big cost uh, that's going right. on. Uh, yep, okay. yep, so, yep. They have that local flavor. So, okay, exactly. so, so um, for you, it's interesting because uh, you and I were talking about this earlier. Uh, when I was running for mayor, I don't think gravel pits were really much on the scene. I remember uh, campaigning in, in one area of the, the township it was called Shep subdivision. And uh, there had been an ongoing issue for a couple of years uh, where there was uh, one or two families in that neighborhood that were upset about a, a gravel pit somewhere right. in that area. Yep. And we're trying to galvanize uh, the support of the community through let's say fundraising to hire people to assist right. in it. And it yeah. kind of waned after a while. And so that was really didn't have much of an issue there. But during your time, when you were running the first time for, for mayor, right, right. the gravel pit was a, was a bigger issue, wasn't it? Uh, uh, most definitely, especially, especially in, you know, Westmount Rose, Conestogo, 
um, in that kind of the west side of uh, the township because that was something that, you know, we had a number, we probably had about 20 active pits, um, not huge pits like North Dumfries, but uh, it was, the big issue was location. So when I was campaigning door to door in say West Mount Rose, where the kissing bridge is, I, every single door that I spoke with, you know, was the question, what are you doing on gravel pits? Where do you stand on gravel pits? And then I go to Conestogo and it's the same thing. Winterbourne, same thing. It was just one of the things that, that was, uh, you know, they didn't talk about taxes. They didn't talk about, you know, transportation or transit or whatever. It was, what's your stand on gravel pits? Yeah. So those things that potentially impact people, we'll talk about perception and reality and sure. all that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, it's like uh, when I first started knocking on doors, uh, I always remember the first day I was knocking on doors and seven of the nine homes just talked about uh, cars speeding along the roads in their settlement areas. <laughs> and that was, you yep. know, the 80 kilometers, but they're going a hundred and, and, and one person had seven uh, cats killed in a year because of yeah. uh, cars. And, and you hear those, and it really kind of stunned me. Nobody talked about right. property tax rates or anything yeah, like that. No, it was, no. Uh, just mm -hmm. those, those those sort of uh, grassroots uh, type of issues right. that, that people deal with. So um, one of the pits I had down here is, is the Huntsberger pit. Is that nope. how it was called or it was called something else? Uh, it was Hun uh, Hunsberger's owned it. It was the 100 developments. But yeah, Bob Hunsberger, he owned about 150-ish acres out there in Conestogo on Hunsberger Road. And he'd been, they'd been there for many, many years. Right. Uh, so when I campaigned, it was uh, because I was hearing it, but I hadn't, I had already kind of put in my platform that I, you know, I, we need gravel, right? Doesn't matter. We're, we're in a society, we're in a community, especially here. We're growing. We need infrastructure. We need gravel. Uh, so I'm, I wasn't against gravel, but I was against having, having the pits in certain areas. Um, right. we'll, we'll talk about that in a sec, but what I want okay. to say, first of all, on the need gravel, just as an aside, Okay. Uh, one thing I learned was gravel was even used in toothpaste. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like it was like <laughs> I guess <laughs> get that yeah. uh, that uh, yeah. tar off your exactly <laughs> tar off your teeth or something. Yeah, yeah. But when you were campaigning then uh, back in 2010, yep. was the so are we calling it the Huntsberger pit or the Hunter? What are we calling it? It was a Hunsberger pit, I guess. Yeah. Okay, so the Hunsberger pit, which is near Conestoga that I'm gathering from what you're saying. It's literally in the backyard. So if you go down and go okay. road, it's like literally in the backyard. It's not across the road. It's literally in their backyard. So the, the application itself had already been started prior to 2010. Yeah. It started in, in uh, 20, 2009 is when I think they had first filed it. So you know, after you file your application, there's this period of, you know, the waiting and the studies, you want studies done, et cetera. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of interesting because I think as per the municipal act, or I'm not sure which particular act, there's, there's a certain requirement that you have to respond by a certain time period. Right. It's like six months or something like that. But for the most part, the gravel pit companies initiate these applications, but they're not holding you to, to that, time frame. Sometimes these applications can be sitting around for a couple of years before they actually finally get addressed. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So in your case, then you're, you're knocking on doors in Conestoga, then what, like, was your position different than the incumbent or? What um, well, my position, well, my position specifically, like I got invited as soon as I started knocking on doors and I put it up, put my, my little uh, shingle out, 
Uh, then I was invited to the association. It was a uh, like the Conestoga Residents Association or something like that. I think it was Conestoga Winterbourne Residents um, invited me to their home, and then they had basically everybody there, and they said, "Okay, this is here's what we're doing. What's your where do you stand on this?" So I was there. Uh, Mayor Strauss, who was my predecessor, was invited, and then Pat. Uh, uh, McLean was also running for mayor. So Pat and I met with him, but Mayor Strauss didn't meet with him. Um, why, why, I, wouldn't go, why wouldn't you go out to meet with him? I don't know. That was his choice. <laughs> it wasn't really, like, it wasn't really his style of, of uh, you know, when right. he led. He was, you know, right. um, you know, and I was young and fresh and keen, and I wanted to hear everybody's view. Um, but, uh, and it was, uh, before I'd gone there, I'd already had it in my platform that, I, I believe that, you know, gravel had a place in our, our communities, just not right in, well, like, you know, I mean, where the they province, are. The province mandated a priority on gravel. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. Like, 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 it was like gold. Yeah, a little lower in price, but yes, it was yeah. like gold. Because, yeah, because of all the infrastructure, it was definitely there. And yeah. I didn't have a problem with that. But then, you know, it came back to that was going to be my priority. I made a commitment that said, you know, uh, I will help uh, try to protect the backyards of residents of Conestogo and even in West Mount Rose from, from the because gravel. It's tough, it's tough to defeat a gravel application. It is. It is. Uh, it comes back to, in my, in my opinion, I think uh, it, takes, it takes a lot. It takes a lot of money, it, like a lot of organization from a community organi uh, group, but also from a townshiping. And I think the biggest thing is if you have... A township that is um, a municipality that you know is on your side in a sense or feels kind of the same way uh, about gravel and where they are it makes it a lot easier because each township as you know in, in North Dumfries you have an official plan and I'm sure your official plan or the North Dumfries one is different than the Woolwich one as far as where gravel would be extracted from and where it's sure. not yeah. so Woolwich one especially the Hunsberger pit uh, it didn't really line up with our official plan of a where it was at and just location and the quality of gravel. Yeah, but you you have to have some particular we'll say angle or you know feature <laughs> right. that really has to make it stand out because most people will talk about, for example, uh, well it's going to affect air quality and yep. we talk about the silica dust, right. uh, yep. or it's going to lower home prices in yep. our area. Yep. or the water table argument and we'll yes. touch on, on all those different ones yeah. i think the biggest one is sort of the heritage aspects which we'll talk about on the westmont rose which always seemed to, right. to be uh the one or if you're near an environmentally sensitive area exactly okay? like yep. the uh was it the the moraine or whatever uh there was uh i forget which one that was in the toronto area that uh, oh oak bridges maybe what's that was that the yeah, Oak Ridge? Yeah, yeah, the Oak Ridge Moraine area, yep. which uh, yep. was was successful in getting stopped. But so now here you are, you're running. Right. I mean, I'm sure you didn't do a ton of research on gravel pits. <laughs> no, I didn't. But you know, I, I I kind of and when you're not a when you're not an incumbent, you don't have the the luxury, I guess, of staff that you can go and say, Hey, uh -huh. director of planning. Right. You know, I don't want to say stuff, you know, so yeah, well, I think one benefit you probably did have was because it's a provincial issue, mm -hmm. your background, just touch on it briefly before you got right. in, before you ran for mayor and, and came to Elmira, right, right. 
you know, you were working at Queens Park. Right. Yeah, I was working in Queens Park, but not in uh, not in mines. No, uh, no, but you understand the, the I, politics. The politics of the whole thing. Yeah. So what, what was your? What were you? What was your? I forget if we even touched on that last time we talked. Uh, so I I started in in Toronto in Queens Park in. Uh, let me think about this. This would have been 90, 98, 99, uh, working with Dalton McGinty when he was not a premier, he was just opposition. And then after 2003, um, I was Liz, St Liz Sandals, chief of staff from Guelph. So that's right to the area, so to yeah. speak. And so basically, uh, I was her chief, but then I was also a policy advisor to a few ministers and stuff like that. So I did an appreciation for what it might take in order to deal with this issue. Right. Or red tape. <laughs> you know, yeah, 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 yeah. that's the thing is. Yeah. And, and it was an up, it was definitely an uphill battle. That was the thing. Is when you're facing it, so you're like as a mayor, here you are, you have a it's almost like one of these, you know, okay corral kind of a thing where you know that there's gonna be a gunfight. Yeah, uh, you know, because um, the developer says, hey, we're gonna do this, we're gonna put forth your application, and when the township yeah is pushing back, then let's run to the OMB. Now that has been changed to the local planning uh, appeal tribunal, the LPAT, same kind of deal. And then you gotta, the township has to be ready for battle in a sense this of, is, financially. This is, yeah, this is the big issue, okay? Right. So under the OMB, which is what we were dealing with back in 2010 to 2014, right. I mean, the general view mm -hmm. was once it's uh, at the OMB, it's out of your hands. Exactly. And sometimes the view was that, or the predominant view, was that local considerations weren't really being taken into consideration right. exactly. uh, at that level. And, and so the general feeling was, and I guess the appeal to the province was, make some changes so that right. uh, more deference is given to what the local politicians want right. to do. Right. And that's where LPAT came from, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty much. We'll see at the after we were finished at the the mayor's, uh, the wind government did make changes to the OMB that kind of it kind of took out the more impassioned arguments around you know stop this gravel pit. Um, but then once the Ford government got in, they kind of changed the name, but they changed it back. Um, and I think that was the thing is we we as as municipal politicians could say, well, you know, it's a provincial issue. Yes, it is, but you still have, if you champion that issue uh, right. and you have your council endorsing what you're doing, and I think that's the big thing, because when we were there, it was, uh, you know, it was pretty easy just to throw your hands up and say, sorry, this is like a provincial thing, but if, because I took the stand, I think that that definitely helped the situation because. Well, yeah, I think we should step back though a second. I mean, first of all, um, a local council is going to be concerned about legal costs for any yeah. fight. Most okay, definitely. and that's yep. understandable. All right, yep. because you're, you're talking about those lawyers. Thousands, <laughs> yeah, you're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars yep. uh, in any battle, and you're not just going to go willy nilly into a battle because you say I'm standing up for you. Okay, no, I agree. Where's that cliff we're all just going to jump off of? Exactly. So, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about Huntsberger because there had to be something there, right? Sort of like that hook that that got it done for you guys. All right. right. So I think. We'll talk and about I, that in a sec. So the big I just want to I just want to touch base though on the legal cost issue. Sure. Okay. Um, you know, when 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 budgets are made, and we've in various podcasts we talk about budgets and the importance of budgets. Um, when you prepare your budget for the year, not really knowing uh, whether you're going to be into an OMB hearing or not. Right. Okay, you can't really predict a year out or two years out. Right. right. You're not going to put like 
two, three hundred thousand dollars in a line item that says legal fees for something you're not 100% sure about. Usually it's sort of a stakeholder amount. You throw in 10, 20, 30,000 just to show right, something right, right. because you will get some legal advice from time to time. Right. So in this case, you know, your, your campaign is saying, yeah, we're going to fight this thing. I, I'm yep. presuming that's what you're saying, correct? Pretty much, yeah. Yep. Right. But now it's an issue of what's this going to cost? Exactly. <laughs> and, and are we going to win? Everyone asks that. If I'm going right. to spend this kind of money, what's my chances of winning? So yep. talk about that. All good questions. So at the time when I was there, our uh, director of planning and engineering was Dan Canelli. And Dan Canelli came from Caledon uh, before he came to the township of Woolwich. And he had a fair bit of experience in the gravel pit, OMB type thing. So uh, before we got to the budgeting part of it, we had a number of meetings with Mr. Canelli and said, listen, Dan, looking at our uh, township official plan, the regional Waterloo official plan, you know, and GRC is in there and all these things. And then looking at the merits of a Huntsberger pit with all the other things you said about this, the, the silicate and the dust and the home yeah. bed. Oh, we looked at the whole thing, you know, do you think we have a good chance of this? And I think the biggest, the biggest thing that I remember was just the, the, the proximity it was to homes. Like it was literally in the backyard and that was, that was a huge one. So, you know, the, the developer on their site said, well, we'll build these big berms and put all these trees and hide it. But right. Or they'll even give, or they'll even give some land to the homeowners right. for a bigger, for a buffer. Exactly. Um, so when we went into it, that was the first thing is Dan looked at the whole thing. He looked at the township's official plan and he'd been there when we got there in, you know, 2010, he'd already been with the township a number of years. So he was quite aware of the official plan. Uh, and he thought we had a really strong, strong case um, because of, all of those factors and then at that well, point okay hold on you're talking about proximity that was one that was a a, a big one that was uh, a big one that was a big one like he dan felt uh with his experience with the omb he felt that that was a that was definitely one of the the big factors is just how close it was any um, other factors uh well all of the other ones played a role but not as big as the proximity one. So the proximity then was going to be a quality of life or enjoyment of life yep. argument for the, that, the neighbors. It was all the other things too, because if you have a gravel pit, like literally at the back fence of your property, which, you know, uh, you've got the yeah, but no, no gravel pit, but Todd, no gravel pit operators going to, they're going to give you a buffer. No, there was a little buffer in there, but again, it was just, it was right there. It was the home prices, like even the home prices was, was a huge issue there. So that uh, argument on the house prices declining was uh, something that the OMB bought into? Uh, I, I, it was, I think it was everything. It wasn't just one thing. And I think that no, was- It's a multiple of factors, sure. I think that was, that was kind of our whole strategy at the time is, is it was kind of not just, you know, that one, one issue, it was going to be the, the everything all built up but the back uh, like I said that back uh, when we looked at the um, when Dan looked at our official plan at the township and um, he looked at uh, basically all of our experts from the groundwater to the dust to the traffic to this you know um, he felt we had a good uh, we had a good a good case and so on, on groundwater was it do you recall what the issue would have been with the groundwater was there a concern um it was always region? i don't remember specifically on the hansberger one where the groundwater was an issue 
like specifically, but they always, it, it didn't, they, they always felt that uh, any, any gravel uh, mining, I guess, is going to affect the groundwater to a certain degree. So there, that was a, a factor, but that wasn't kind of the main factor because they weren't going below the water table. Yeah, because I mean, you're going to want to know before you jump into this, what the potential likelihood of success is going to be because yeah. you're going to be investing. I mean, did oh, you know, what did you estimate ahead of time what you were going to invest in this? I, well, we actually, and, I, and it's funny you said earlier, and you know, you're not going to put a budget line. I think we did have a budget line in our, in our budget that year for legal fees. And I believe it was around the $400,000 mark. <laughs> because you knew you were going into this. We, we had a pretty good, yeah, we knew we were going to go into this and we wanted to make sure because it, you know, we, we got the best lawyers, Aird and Bearless out of Toronto that had a great track record on, on these kind of deals um, that did a lot of OMB hearings that were very meticulous and everything. Um, they had, a, they felt very strongly that we had a good case. Um, so we had, you know, we had, and then you have to go your, your own experts, then the town or the residents get their own experts. And yeah, well, hold on. We don't want to jump into this. Hold on. You're just kind of going okay. yada, yada, yada on too much. Yada. Stuff here, but. So you had to, so you had to hire lawyers, yep. you hire experts outside of your own planner. No, most definitely. Cause we, you had to have a, and they all have to do this. So you have, you have to have your own high road G person or company, you know, you had to have your own engineers, sound engineers. So each. Each area had to have your own experts, and they couldn't well, be with anybody else. Your planner would have done a report. Mm -hmm. And do you recall whether the planner was in support of or opposed to the application? Um, I think when you first get when once those applications are made, when they first come uh, to council, I think that they're very neutral. I don't think that they are. They they don't really. I don't think they a show staff report. Them like the staff reports are not, they're not slighted one way or the other. I think it's just more or less kind of laying it out. Yeah. Okay. So there was never a point where your staff made a, a recommendation. Mm, I don't believe so. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they would have, I think they got to be pretty neutral on stuff like that. Sometimes you can run into those situations where staff uh, makes an, uh, a recommendation that's in support of, let's say a developer's application. Right. Right. But then council votes against it. Now council's in the yeah. situation of having to find an expert to support right. the position that's really contrary right. to their own person. Right. So. I think early days in the application process, though, I think council and staff are pretty um, cautious not to take a position. It's kind of like as it evolves, then it goes into that. And was was there. Uh, was the township already committed to fighting this pit prior to? No, 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 no. I don't think that they really, this township or the township staff never really took a position until it got to that stage where, you know, we had to go through the public hearings. Um, and then so I, you're, you're one person. Right. You know, as a, a candidate for mayor, who's making yep. a commitment to these people. <laughs> yeah. But in order to get approval to go ahead, you need the approval of the rest of your or, or the majority like of members of council. Right, right. And, and how was that? Well, it was good. Well, Bonnie Bryan, who is a counselor out in, uh, she was from Maryhill. She, of course, was also quite vocal in, in uh, you know, fighting the, the gravel pits out, out in that area. Um, and she was, uh, so she was supportive. And I believe, I do believe it was pretty much unanimous. I'd have to look, I, 
because I think the the argument again was how it was going to affect the the lives or the the livelihood of people out right. there. Okay, so now yeah. let's go back. So you get elected. You're you're looking into this. Your planner's telling you there's a good shot at it. Right. Uh, you've hired uh, legal counsel to take a look at it, and they think there's something here for you as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but let's go back to the homeowners association. Okay, the original people you met during the election. Uh, yeah. Was this uh, organization formed specifically for opposition to the gravel pit, or was oh, it yeah. something in existence already? No, no. It was it was specifically to fight the gravel pits to stop the gravel pits. And what was this organization's involvement as you were doing your thing? They're on a track doing what, what, were the, what was their thing that they were doing? It's basically a parallel thing that we were doing. So they have to, and it doesn't matter if it was ours or wherever it was, these, um, you know, organizations, uh, community organizations. So they got to do the same thing that we had to do as a township. And as the applicants, we had to have, they had to have their own lawyer or lawyers, they had to have their own experts, their own hydro G people that would speak on their behalf and argue their their points. So yeah. you couldn't say, oh, we'll just let the township, they, they could have just let us make the argument, but they wanted to make their own too, because you know, you're never sure if the municipality is gonna be as supportive as you want them to be. Um, Oh, it's interesting. So what do you estimate the township spent then on this uh, endeavor? Uh, I believe it was around three hundred and sixty thousand dollars. So the four hundred thousand dollar mark, basically. Yeah. Because it would have been, you know, your lawyers, your experts. Uh, I think yep. there was. You mentioned on uh, another time there was an appeal. Yeah. So yeah, the applicant. I'll get to that in a sec. I'll get to that in a sec. Right. So yep. what? You, so then, obviously, it's going to be an expensive proposition for this uh, homeowners right. association as well. Well, most definitely, yeah, very much so, yeah. Yeah, and that was that was one of the issues, I think, with the group when, when I was telling you my story about when I was campaigning and, and they were trying to raise money. So initially, they were able to get, let's say, 100 or 200 bucks uh, from each home. Right. But after a while, you've got to go back to the well and <laughs> yeah. that's where the thing starts to fall apart. Oh, most definitely. And that that's the that's the unfortunate thing is it's it's not for the faint of heart because you've got to be well healed because you know everything is expensive all of the all of the experts are very expensive so i don't know yeah. what homeowners spent but i know what we spent and it was yeah. pricey. so uh even if they spend a quarter of what you spent it still be like a hundred thousand dollars um right. it's always interesting to me uh when i was uh, mayor and we were looking at some of these um applications and trying to sort out or understand what the issues would be and there was always this discussion about um extracting gravel from below the water table. Right, almost definitely, yeah. So, and I always thought, okay, well, if that's an issue, I'm sure the regional Waterloo or the GRC River, yeah. would, would have some issue. And whenever they, oftentimes, when they reviewed these, these applications, uh, at times they would come back and say, we have no concern. Right. So, and, <laughs> and, and, and then I'm looking at it going, okay, well, Who's, who's going to hire the expert then to deal with this when the region, for example, region, and yeah. their people and their responsible right. for ensuring the safety, yep. integrity, protection of our groundwater supply, right. because, you know, the aquifers, that's our source yep. for our drinking yep. water. And if they're saying they're okay with it, that makes it a very difficult proposition. Then right. you've got to look at some other angle on these issues. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, it, definitely a tough one in it. But I do find that it's more, I just felt when I was going through the issue, going through the process, it seemed to be more of a, a local, the local issue was like at the municipal, the lower tier level. Like it seemed like the upper tier wasn't overly engaged in, yeah. in even though that they were kind of, you know, they were responsible to or GRCA. Well, it, I think it's the concern about the, the costs. I mean, for a township sure. like Wilmot, I mean, your your annual budget is what at the time? Uh, Woolwich? Uh, not Wilmot. Wilmot. Wilmot's a smaller one next. Yeah, no. <laughs> Uh, they're, uh, they're wealthier than you, I think. But anyway, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> uh, I I think our budget at the time, all in, like operation, capital, everything, was around thirty million. Yeah, and so now here you're talking about something that's like one percent. Yeah, significant. I know three hundred thousand. Yeah, four hundred thousand. That's right. That's but you know lot. what? You know, I the way I look at it, and especially now that I'm not in politics, I think. I'm I, I felt we did the right thing because I think that's why you have locally elected you know politicians that will spend the money where it needs to be spent to protect not the one uh, company but uh, many in the community and I think you know we still are going to get gravel uh, you know it's not that they're short on gravel it's just we're not getting it at the yeah, I don't think that's I don't think that's really the issue. But you, you raise an interesting point. It's like you've got a local council dealing with a local issue versus, yep. let's say, one representative from the area having to convince somebody right. in Cambridge to agree to fund a three hundred to four hundred thousand dollar legal right. case right. for a gravel pit in Conestogo. Right, right? and right. as so, you know, the thing is, Robbie, is as you remember at GRCA, they didn't have too many budget lines for legal costs or legal fees. That oh, was no, they, they don't have anything. They have nothing. And so they're, you know, they're there to, you know, help to enforce these things. But again, well, they're cash strapped. I mean, you know, yeah, too, I mean, exactly. the province hadn't increased their budget line item okay. uh, for like 10 years in terms yeah. of the amount of money they were providing them. It so it was, so yeah, so it was very difficult because there were, there was, I remember one particular case was a North Humphrey situation where the, uh, GRCA actually obtained a, a judgment against uh, a property I, owner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the property <laughs> owner ignored it and continued yeah, to do what he was doing, and the GRCA couldn't enforce. They didn't know what to do no, money, no money home. <laughs> oh, so it was, it was nothing, and, and right. we at the township were in a similar situation. Right. And I don't think it's something that the townships or the municipalities really should have a budget line for. Um, you know, to to, to you, can't, you, can't, you can't do that, but you can't, but no, you can't one of those it. things, right? It's rare. It's yeah. rare that you're going to have a three to four hundred thousand dollar legal bill, right, uh, for a fight in a year. I mean, that's absolutely yeah. rare. Okay, right. I mean, you just you just saw in the news recently where um, they settled the issue with Bombardier, right? And you know, it costs one hundred eighty thousand dollars, which I I was fine with that expenditure, but then you know, you had a few few people who you know suggested it was uh wrong or, or shouldn't have been spent or what have right, you but, right. but that's how it goes i mean if you want look at yeah. legal rights are great but in order to enforce those legal rights it takes right. action in the courts and and to do that it it you know you you have to spend money yeah. so yeah. so as as counselors and elected officials we're sort of in the middle of all that to say okay is this money well spent or not well spent mm -hmm. so i mean i give you credit for for you know, making that investment and taking that shot at yep. that uh, issue because that is substantial, and you can't um, like, yeah. you can't have that budget item saying three to four hundred thousand all the no. time. And and I'm sure there and there was a number of residents that didn't live out in, 
you know, Conestogo in that area that lived in different parts of the township that thought it was just a waste of money, right? Like, what are you doing? You should be, you know, I'm paying for this. But, you know, I, like, I did feel that we, we made the right decision. And did you it, hear from, did you, on that point, did you hear from some people? Yes, I did. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But, uh, you know, and I think it's one of those things. It's like, uh, you know, you don't, you, you think we're spending too much uh, money on our volunteer firefighters till your house is on fire and then we'll be there. Oh you know what I mean? No, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> The, the analogy is police. Okay, oh, right, you respect sorry. the police. That's the analogy. Okay. I've never heard. I've never heard anyone saying we're spending too much on volunteer firefighters. Okay, and I know you haven't either. <laughs> no, 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 I know. Uh, Actually, though, if anyone's listening to this, um, um, you know, I was just chatting with our local volunteer fire department, and mm -hmm. uh, they're having a tough time finding recruits. So I don't know if uh, if there's anything you want to do in your local paper in your rural post. Sure. Uh, on that issue, they're having a very difficult time uh, finding recruits, and I know that was an issue. That's an issue recently in Wellesley, and probably, probably, no doubt in Wilmot and Woolwich as well. So, right, right. might might be an interesting story to see if there's people interested in in, in participating in their community. I, I will make a note, Robbie. Yeah. But let's talk about okay. So you so you have this hearing. You got to be yeah. sweating this one out a little bit until you get the decision. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's it's, it's kind of neat because I uh, both our director of planning and uh, our lawyers from Aaron Aaron Bearless, both of them were quite confident each day and said, you know, we've got a very good a good chance at this, a good shot at this, and yeah. they were pretty calm through the whole thing. And it was it was pretty hairy because they the OMB at the time, El Pat now, they come to your township, basically take over your council chambers, and I think it was. Uh, over a week every day the hearings right and right. it is a little uh dicey but yeah yeah because prior to to me getting elected I, i'd say maybe 10 years prior to that uh or maybe a little longer there was a gravel pit just outside of air that opened okay. up yep. and uh one of the things they did there was uh working with the developer uh or the proponent of the gravel pit the company, right uh they've got significant buffers in terms of land added to right, right, right. The, yeah. I remember when I was a lawyer in town and I was doing the uh, transfers for all of those okay. things. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, adding the pieces of land onto the backs of properties and then the buffer, and that seemed to resolve it. And that raises another question or, or, or concept is people, sometimes I say to them, look, if you're not happy about this gravel pit, and it depends right. on the situation, and if you don't have yep. an angle like you had on the Huntsburger one, right. you know, it's farther out in the country and it's only going to impact one or right. two places. Exactly. Is work with the proponent. Mm -hmm. And try to, for example, enhance buffers because I'll tell you, on the one in air that I was just talking about that was really, really close to the properties, uh, but they got a buffer. You know, I was doing real estate law back then too, and I can tell you, never once did the issue of the gravel pit ever come up as impacting uh, house prices. Oh, really? Never yeah, wow. never once. Never once. It's always an argument people throw out there, mm -hmm. but in that situation, which was directly homes that were in air, yeah, uh, just outside of air. Uh, never once uh, impacted uh, the pricing. Now that pit is done now, and in fact, there's there's a a large. This might even be more significant. I just thought of this. So now that's slated to be residential because you know every gravel pit right. has to have a plan, yep. and the owner of that property now just put forward a plan, and the density that they're proposing there <laughs> has people really up in arms. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm wondering. Right. I'm thinking the reaction to this home plan is right. probably greater than the reaction to the original uh, gravel pit. So it's just mm -hmm. funny, uh, you know, what happens in people's yep. perceptions. 
I do uh, know though, and I do know in Conestogo though, it definitely did. You you saw the home prices were were quite. Uh, well, after that ruling came out and the appeal was passed, yeah. it almost doubled their home prices out there. Really, well, it'd be an interesting study for sure. I know uh, sometimes when people are, let's say, uh, you know, the unknown right. can cause some fear and concern. Right. And people yep. say, I'm out of here. I don't want a gravel pit in my backyard. Right. Yeah. And uh, that, you know, it, that never happened uh, in air at all. So uh, it was a very interesting situation. Right. Now, okay, so you, so you won that one. Congratulations to you. That was, uh, you yep. know, that was a good victory because you don't see those things uh, right. too often. Right. And, and the reason we're talking about gravel pits is because Wilmot's going through this yes, situation. Right? Yep. And yep. It was in the, I saw it in the paper. Uh, there's looks like a, a very active uh, community base, mm-hmm. uh, uh, grassroots base uh, right, that wants right. to do something about it. Um, and you know they have some members on council who I'd say would be probably progressive in terms of wanting to assist uh, the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that grassroots group, and, right. uh, and so that's what made me think of your situation. And mm-hmm. uh, so. If you had any advice, and we'll talk about uh, Westmont Rose in a second, but if you had any advice to people uh, right. that were looking at this situation, based on your experience, what, what would you say? My biggest, my biggest uh, advice, um, if there's an election, <laughs> talk to the people who are running and say, where, is, yeah. where are you committing? And hopefully they will follow through in their commitment. But I think the biggest thing that had um, Conestoga uh, with the Hunsberger pit, I, I feel that it was it was the council that was supportive of you know doing the right thing, which was you know helping fight that gravel pit. I think that's what gave us the biggest thing because you know what I think that uh, when you come to like the township, you know with especially Dan Canelli at the time, our director of planning, who had the experience, yes, yes. that helped out too. But I think the biggest thing is is if you can get council on side, um, it 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 does it. it at the time, it made a huge difference for... There has to be a reason for them to be on site. You're not just going to take a flyer on any gravel pit. I agree. No, I okay. agree. There's got to be good, a good reason. But yeah. I, if you have a... like, It's, it's kind of like you look at uh, safe injection sites or casinos or any of these things. You know, you can't have them near the school. You can't have talk, we already talked about right? casinos. So but, we're not no, no, no. But it's the same thing with the gravel pits. I think gravel pits have a place, but just not directly in somebody's backyard right and that's that's the point okay right. it's not point. just solely getting a council that's going to say yeah we're going to fight this you've got to convince. You gotta have a good reason yeah, yeah. Definitely. well that's I the key think, i and think then, that's and the then taking that reason though but you know once they've taken that reason and, and then committing the financial resources so mm-hmm. that i'll give you credit for is you know your your planner thought you had it. like if your right. planner said this is no way this thing's being stopped at right, all yeah, you know, you're 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 going to be second guessing that commitment you made during the election. Almost because definitely. Almost definitely, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so there are a lot of conditions that fell into place here. So, right. so I agree, having a council, but in order to have a council that's committed, you have to show them the reason why. Right. This could be successful. Yeah. And you got to have a good story, and it can't just be motivated right. by not in my backyard. Like uh, there was, uh, like there's also a. There's an application in Woolwich in Maryhill right now. And, you know, Doug Ford last August, talking about the Campbellford pit, said, well, you know, if people don't want it in their backyard, they shouldn't have it in their backyard. And it yeah, was, yeah, yeah. I think you know, that's, I, that's reactive. Uh, you know, until you see legislation, it's like what they say about other politicians. Don't go by what they say, go by what right. they do. 
But I think, oh. you know, these impassioned arguments, you got to have some meat on the bone. That's, that's the thing. You've got to have some good reason. Yeah. And I think that's the big thing. It, it has right. to be kind of the facts. Let's look at the facts and why, why you think this gravel pit shouldn't be here. It's a, I think it's, you know, maybe an easier argument in Woolwich than it would be in North Dumfries because North Dumfries is the gravel. Oh, no, it, you know what? It could have been, it might've been an argument in North Dumfries too, but the people who owned homes in right. that area were fine yeah. with the deal. So all exactly. I'm saying is, you can either, you know, take the time to maybe meet and see if right. you can work for a resolution yep. Yep. or fight it. Because once you, once you take it, see, by, by coming to a resolution, the decision is still in your hands. Right. Exactly. Okay? Yep. You're coming to an agreement with the Very other person. Yep. Once it goes to OMB, yeah. the decision's out of your hands. Yeah. And so, for example, let's take the, let's take the Huntsberger one. If, if you had lost that, right. then that pit would go right up to the backyard. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Alternative is negotiating a 50-yard buffer. Right. So but, now you've got to say, what's the burden of hand versus two in the bush? So it's a lot of risk for everybody, for sure. It is, yep. And I yeah. even remember before, the before maybe even after the election in 2010, I met with Bob Huntsberger and his son and said, hey, Bob, like, why do you want a gravel pit? Well, because we have gravel there. And, 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 you know, some of the studies that I had seen, they were, it wasn't great gravel, like it wasn't a quality. And I said, why sure. do you look at doing, uh, why not a subdivision, <laughs> you know, or because it's yeah, right yeah, there yeah. and it would make more sense. But, yeah. you know. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a difficult one because look, look at, God love the farmers, they feed the cities and yeah. everything else. And so I, I have sometimes a hard time, you know, telling them what to do with their land because basically they've lived, they live, you know, they're, they're not making huge revenue income no. all their life. Their, their retirement is their land. Right, right. And, you know, uh, farm prices uh, on the acreages have gone up considerably. Mm -hmm. Gravel pit acreage is even much more. Most definitely, yeah. Well, we won't, uh, you know, I know you're not criticizing. We're not criticizing someone no. for taking a look at it. I think no, definitely not. Their land is, they should, you know, give that consideration. And at the end of the day, an OMB hearing, which was fairly uh, held, uh, heard the arguments from three yep. sides in this case yes. and came to a conclusion that the pit would not go ahead. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. And then they tried to appeal it and were unsuccessful at the appeal. Right. That is correct. Yep. Yeah. So, so that's, that's a good story uh, uh, about how there was a win in this local area. Mm -hmm. uh, again, like all litigation, there's that risk. Do you, do you leave the decision-making in your mm -hmm. own hands? So yeah. Mediation? or do you, uh, or a negotiation, or do you just say, no, I'm going to the OMB. So, so in, in that case, you guys had some uh, good information in order to yeah. make uh, the decision and it was successful. Now, the, um, uh, the kissing bridge. Oh, before we get into that, let's just touch on uh, um, gravel revenues for a second. I always found this to be an interesting yeah, uh, yeah. story too. So while we were there, I don't know what, what you're getting, what they get now, but it was like 11 cents Per metric tone, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. yeah. Um, and so eleven cents. And in our situation here in the region, because we're two tier, um, I think five cents went to the uh, region because the whole point of the uh, and six cents went to the township. And the whole right. point of that of that uh, um, uh, amount of money was for road construction because the right. truck. We're, dry, we're yep. on the road and you got to repair right. the road. So that's really what the main purpose of the, of mm -hmm. the, of the fee or the levy or whatever we, what do right. we call it, uh, the 11 cents. Um, so out of that, so, so six cents <laughs> metric tone. Right. 
six cents. Right, right. And we get a check every year. Right. The check every year was like around three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, considerably less than Woolwich, but yes. Because I know that's, that's a lot of that's a lot of six cents. You know, to make three hundred thousand. <laughs> it is how it much is. gravel, it, and that's, that's just huge. Yeah, and yeah. that was North Dumfries. We were like uh, in the top ten. Yes. Okay. Yep. Uh, of gravel producing municipalities in Ontario. In fact, there was a, a group called Tapmo, the Aggregate Producing Municipalities of Ontario. Okay. Uh, and which I think Sue Foxton is the chair of now. Okay. So uh, this group was formed to try to see if we could raise the levies, and they may have. I, I think I know they did. Have, I think I think they did go back and raise yeah. those levies. But one of the one of the issues, because you think, well, why wouldn't they just raise it? You know, what gravel pits do right. is just a line item. They just pass it on to the consumer. Exactly. You know who the biggest consumer of gravel is? The province. <laughs> the province was buying over fifty percent of the gravel, so they were they were a little hard pressed okay. to raise the pricing because it was just basically exactly. raising the prices on themselves. Right, 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 right. Okay, yeah. so that aside, now we got Westmont Rose. We got like the covered bridge, the longest exactly. covered bridge in what, Canada? Ontario. No, and it's the last one in Ontario. I think there's okay. still one out in the East Coast somewhere, but we have the nicest one. Yes, okay. Yeah, and, uh, nice. and, 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 and uh, do you make a wish and it comes true by the time you walk out of there? Uh, yes, it, you actually do, yeah. So we went on the bridge and wished that the gravel pit would go away and it did. <laughs> and it did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So was there was a gravel pit proposal yes. around that, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Capital paving had uh, they were gonna develop a number of acres around there. Right at the again, it's right at the end of the, the covered bridge. It was a farm property? Yep. Yep. And was this proposal in existence uh, prior to the election of twenty ten? Yeah, it it was already in the works also. Yep. Okay. So now, again, did that result in a meeting with a local organization? Oh, most definitely. Yeah. So uh, you may or may not remember at the time the Bridge Keepers Association, which was yeah, I do remember. They yeah. were very well organized. Very, very and well organized. Yes. Very well organized. Uh, the people out in Westmount Rose kind of all you know got together. They had a logo. They had a campaign. It was the Bridge Keepers. Because uh, and Tony Dowling, you know Tony, who lives yeah. right at the end of the bridge, uh, and that was he lived in the bridge keeper's house from way back in oh, okay early century, uh, yeah. and they were very well funded, uh, very well committed. Like they had a commitment from most of the residents in Westmount Rose, um, so they were ready for battle. They did fundraising every year. They had, you know, barbecues and you name it. Um, and so they were already up and up and running. So I met it with them. Interesting though, because you're you're talking about all these events. So this is like stretching out over years. Oh yeah, most definitely. Because you know, a, a gravel pit application could could go on a decade. Yeah. You know, so it's usually <laughs> a, a timeline that a uh, township has to uh, or a municipality has to right. respond to an application, right? A application. Yeah. Um, but oftentimes those timeframes aren't upheld i mean people are, are fine right. to just continue along and and keep right, working right, right. right so okay so what was your commitment to this group well it was the same thing as i did in, in conestogo yes. is you know i i and they i thought personally without really a lot of background knowledge on plannings and official plans and it was just one of those things where i thought you know you, you don't have a gravel pit at the beside our last you know historic like the region took over the west Mount rose kissing bridge itself of the upkeep and maintenance of it because it's a historical landmark 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. And there was, and still is, a gravel pit in Westmount Rose, right next to it, but it's a small Sittler pit that's been there since Oh, World it's sort of like a farm, a farm over, so to speak. Well, it's, yeah, it's kind of, uh, it's right on the road around the gravel pit, but it, it had really not been in high production. So they take out one truckload out a year yeah, and keep yeah. it alive. But it's Those just the old, the old licenses that were grandfathered. They never exactly. had an end date. Now they usually have an end date and you got yes. to have a plan for remediation. Plan for re exactly. There's a bunch that have like no yeah. plan for remediation was required. Oh. And they got grandfathered. Yeah. So this one, I, it was an easy, and it was the same thing that when I met with them, it was the same thing as I said, I'm committed to help, you know, stop this, this pit from continuing on because this is not the space. I got to ask you now, as you are, you're, you know, you're campaigning as a politician and yeah. you've, met, you've met with two gravel groups in the right. back of your mind, you're thinking one commitment was going to be easier than the other commitment. Uh, I figured that the, uh, yeah, I actually figured that the, the Westmount Rose would have been easier because it's, the kissing bridge it's a historic everyone knows about the kissing bridge uh, yeah. and it's you know it's pretty easy to talk to somebody that you know really doesn't have a, an opinion and say hey should we have a gravel pit at the end of of course not right where they the conestoga one seemed to be a bit of a long shot at yeah. the time before i really got into it but yeah 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 no i can appreciate because when you're campaigning you don't have all the background information so you don't have staff to brief yeah. you yeah you just know, uh, look at you're telling me a gravel pit's coming up to your backyard. Yeah, no, that doesn't sound right. And so we'll see. <laughs> yeah, what. pretty much. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. So now tell me because you, you, you know, eventually you, you, this pit did get stopped, the Westmont. Oh, Rose. yes. Yeah. So interestingly you know, enough, <laughs> when we, uh, so while we were doing the OFB hearing, On the, uh, other one. the other one with the Hunsberger 100 developments. Uh, we had Aird and Bearless. They were in our office every day, and I was an early riser, and in, I was at the office at 7:30. Um, and so I was talking to the uh, the lawyers from Aird and Bearless, and said, "Listen, <laughs> since you're here, and you know your uh, your hourly rate is pretty yeah. high, <laughs> yeah. you haven't started yet. So let's, you know." And I, I I explained the situation to them. I said, "I just need some, you know, kind of." What are their thoughts? thoughts? What are their thoughts on this other one? Yeah. And uh, so they basically gave me some direction, and uh, and they said, you know, here's. They had a quick look at it and said, you know, uh, we could we could probably ask a few things from from the group from Capital Paving, um, and, like some additional studies or something. Yeah, yeah, which is fully within the realm of the township scope. Um, but see not only capital paving but other other gravel pit companies were watching this OMB hearing of Hunsberger because it could be pivotal on the rest and so I don't know if it was their focus or whatever but we'd asked for a few things from them and they hadn't responded so hold on though okay hold on okay you asked for some additional studies right there was a there was a time component to this wasn't there yes Yep. Oh, yeah. We give them a time frame, and we said we need. But, but, but the time frame is not something you just make up arbitrarily. No, no it was kind of a guideline from the planning side yeah. of things. Is we need this by this date, and we didn't get it by that date. Hold on. How, how long a period of time was it approximately? I, I don't remember, but it was pretty short. It was maybe it could have been a month or something, but it wasn't okay. long, long. So then right. the township is saying, okay, you sent out a request for some additional documents. Right. We specific deadline yeah, we need to know by this date yeah right didn't get anything so i was uh i remember signing that uh letter 
going back to the applicant to say that, uh, you know, your application has now been closed because we haven't heard from you. And so, even though this thing was around for a period of time, like we're yeah, talking it, years, yeah, years. Yeah. Uh, based on this request, as you're entitled to do by the rules yep. and regulations, right. uh, you had a specific timeline. They didn't right. respond within that timeline. So the township then was entitled to or able to right. close the application. Close the application. So for them to come back, they, uh, Capital Paving came back, and basically they had to reapply. So they had to furnish, they had to apply again, and then we basically, the clock got reset to zero, and they had to start so from we had to start over again. Everything. So they had to have all new studies, all new experts, you name it. All the public hearings had to start all over again, and they just abandoned the application. and what, didn't. No, no appeal or attempt to no. appeal? No. And no one to appeal to, really, because it hadn't got to that stage. So they just kind of looked elsewhere. <laughs> no, so, it's interesting. Um, this reminds me and someday I'll, I'll, I'll just do a show myself where I'll talk about the grocery store. Ah, <laughs> yes. Sorry, right? <laughs> yeah. But anyway. after, after the township uh, had made their decision on right. the property where a grocery store was going to go, mm. the competing land uh, owner or the competing uh, proposal, the proponent, right. uh, wanted to appeal our decision to the R&D. Right. And so they had a specific time frame. It was like, I don't know, 30 days or something like that. And so on the 30th day, the township received a notice of appeal. Right. Um, and, uh, but the appeal is to the township and the region because of the two right. tier. This is one time where two tier really worked out because <laughs> by filing it or serving it on the township, that's right. the service. Right. It was the next day that they had to serve the region. Right. And they were out of time. One day, your appeal failed, and we were right. able to proceed with the other applications. Right. Yeah. So technical. I, I thought for sure, you know, one day they yeah, they, would, no, no. they they tried to get that uh, overturned, but the OMB said right. no. It's the deadline. So yep. it's very rigid. The deadline. <laughs> Most definitely. Yep. So anyway. you're like, you're like two and zero oh on gravel pits. That was a good one. Yeah. Uh, that was the especially the Westmount Rose one because. It didn't really cost us anything because okay. I got some advice from our high-priced lawyers, and it costs, uh, you know, so, the cost of a stamp. <laughs> so Todd, we're going to end this thing, but I'm just going to say yeah, yeah. one, one went, out, one went out with a bang, and the other went out with a whimper. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> that's that's good stuff. Those are good stories. Yeah, yeah. I want to wish you, uh, you know, continued success. Yeah, yeah uh, thanks, Rob. Newspaper, the real post. Um, yeah, yeah. I get it. I enjoy it. I'm out in air. I get it. And uh, I think it's since uh, post-COVID, uh, the quality is uh, looking really good. So I Great. Thank you. We're working hard on it every day. Okay. Listen, we'll be back in touch again sometime. You take care. Great. Thanks again, Rob. Okay. So uh, thank you again for uh, listening to another edition of the Old Grey Mayors. Uh, my name is Rob Deutschman. I want to thank my friend Alex Kinsella for uh, putting it all together and making the magic happen. And you, the listener, for taking the time to listen. And again, if you have any issue or topic or person that you think uh, would be an interesting interview, please feel free to reach out. I'd be happy to make it all happen. 